Welcome back to another season, season six of the Silver Bullet Saga podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Vonderhaar, here with you back as always to introduce a new Ohio State Buckeye football season here in the year of our Lord 2023. But before we do that, I have to introduce my co-host and we got a little business to take care of before we jump in to this season. My co-host here is always Adam Vonderhaar. Chiming in for Preble County, Ohio. Adam, how are you? Play the clip, Brian. <laughs> Liberty's dream. Kicking for Ohio State. From 50 for the win and a spot in the national championship game. It's on the way. Turn it off. 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 Ryan. In in a few words, I'm tired. I'm tired of this podcast. We're on our way to the final game of the season, and then nobody hears from us for half the year because it went like that. I'm tired of it, Ryan. I'm excited to be back. I'm optimistic about the season, but I'm tired of that. Georgia's not better than Ohio State, folks. I don't know what that means for the team well, up north. There's a lot of weird questions you could – conclusions you could come back from the, the last season. What is it – should TCU be national champions? People are asking. But as always, I'm an eternal optimist and I'm happy to be back. Yeah, I mean that's a beautiful thing as Buckeye fans. We get to flip the page even after a heartbreaking, gut-wrenching loss from last season. One in which Adam and I were there in person to witness uh, – a bit of the destruction of the end of Ohio State's season and C.J. Stroud's career uh, at Ohio State, uh, but not without uh, some definite highlights and some positive things to make you feel good heading forward into the year of 2023. Adam, before we kind of turn the page, you know, nobody really wants to hear this. Maybe just a little bit of, of, of bookkeeping here for us. You know, we're there. We're in Atlanta. We're at the Peach Bowl, Mercedes-Benz Dome, beautiful place down there, amazing arena. The people were actually very, very gracious. They weren't, they weren't bad. You know, aside from quite a bit, a surprising amount of barking, like human beings. I like didn't act- think dogs were allowed in the stadium. Like, like actually barking at us. You know, they really could not have been much more hospitable. I saw very few service dogs. In a heck of a game. I mean, a heck of a game. The Buckeyes did an awesome job in the first half. You know, we're scoring points. The defense is standing up. It looks like some of the issues uh, from a few weeks before against that team up north maybe had been solved. C.J. Stroud plays probably his best game as an Ohio State Buckeye. Ryan Day calls maybe his best game uh, as far as the offense goes. Um, But in the end, still come up short with just a few major lapses on the defense in the fourth quarter. Uh, and you blow a two-touchdown two lead uh, and, and lose your ticket to the national championship. And what, what a lot of folks would have said would have been uh, pretty heavy favorites against TCU to take home a title, Ohio State's ninth title. But instead, the chase continues for number nine here into 2023. Adam, any other thoughts? Peach you Bowl. know, people will say, gosh, if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't go out, does it look a lot different? I think it absolutely does. But the issues that we face in Georgia is the same thing against the team up north. The defense and explosive plays is the biggest issue we had. And it's uh, our truly an Achilles heel to what could have been a historic season for Ohio State. Um, 
I, we're going to get into it, but that's, uh, I, I think as Ohio State fans, we have something, uh, a, a, a true weakness that the world's seen two games in a row now, which is just allowing explosive plays in the second half of games. But uh, that being sure said, wasn't all bad. Wasn't all no. bad. CJ Stroud kind of proved some of his haters wrong in the Buckeye football fan base and played himself into being the number two player off the board at the uh, NFL draft. Um, you know, heading down to the Texans to see if he can turn that franchise around. Um, you can't and, say and, we didn't belong there. Yeah. I mean, there's that. no argument for that. I mean, mm-hmm. we, a point shy to the national champions who just beat TCU by a billion points. You know, we... You, you, injuries, you know, are always an excuse. You know, you never want to point to them. But when you lose Marvin Harrison Jr., who coming into 2023 is on a short list of Heisman candidate finalists um, heading into this season, and many NFL draft experts last year said if he would have gone into the draft in 2022, he probably would have been the number one receiver taken. And he um, gets knocked out on a touchdown catch that is then reversed with no targeting call. <laughs> You know, it's uh, it's a we game get, of inches. We, we could talk for 20 minutes. I, about, I put about a bullet point on our rundown of the quickest recap of all time of the uh, Peach Bowl, and uh, we we've blown that. But it's just a game you 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 open up that you know that chest of of uh, yeah Pandora's box. You, you that thing opens up, and all of a sudden, all the demons start flying around. But uh, our two favorite teams, the Bengals and the Buckeyes, you get a an NFL kicker on this OSU team, we're national champions. I mean, I don't think there's any argument to that, but that's okay. You needed one at the end of the game, and that's the audio we played earlier from Noah Ruggles, who really was rock solid for the Buckeyes all Absolutely. of last, last season. It's just some kickers kind of have a range, and obviously, you know, that one... Uh, I forget exactly the field goal. We're right at 50 or 49 or 51, but right around that area. And that's just outside of what, what Ruggles can kick. He tries to put a little extra juice on it to end the game, and you end up just pulling it right down the line. You can't blame him. You know, the game was lost on 10 different other plays. Uh, you know, we never should have been in that position. But here's the good news. You walk away from that game. Uh, you know, Ryan Day takes it as a lesson, another a bit of experience in the college football playoff. Um a lot of people like to, you know, last year we lose that team up north, which we'll get into later this season and expectations for Coach Day uh, heading into his, let's see, fifth season uh, at the helm of the Buckeyes and just the expectations on his shoulders. Um, th- there's a lot going into this year, and a lot of that is built on the veteran experience you have on both sides of the ball coming back. So kind of a warm blanket, you know, as you were so – as we just felt so many frustrations last year as we got late into the season with just lapses in coverage and those two biggest lapses being examples in the two biggest games against that team up north and then in the college football playoff against Georgia. Um, you return all sorts of starters on the defensive side of the ball. You've got the, I believe they listed it today in his announcement video, but only the 16th two-time captain uh, and Tommy Eichenberg leading us back on the defense at linebacker. Uh, who's really going to be that quarterback, kind of that second set of eyes out on the field. And then just all the dudes coming back on offense. And there are holes, and, and we'll kind of get into them now. Uh, but, you know, we're, we could, Adam and I could not be more excited. You know, we're here third week of August. It's We're heading into the best time of year. Football's about to be right back. Adam, any thoughts on the Buckeyes? No, I mean, you pull up the defensive starting line, at least, you know, I've got it from ourlads.com, and it is uh... – 
a bunch of veterans. It's guys that have a year under their belts or more. And uh, gosh, a defensive line is going to be stacked. I know there's questions at the offensive line, but uh, for for a time where we had some defensive coaching changes, some a lot for the better, we're going to get to that. Um, I'm optimistic, you know. And, and dude, we think Jim Knowles could fix the whole thing in a year. I, I think that is a little too much of optimism for what was possible. And if you go back to the beginning of last season, I think we probably said that. You know, is it going to be a total overhaul in the first year? No, it's going to take a couple of years to maybe get things installed. But that also means not only for Day, expectations for Jim Knowles, you know, have yeah. been tweaked up heading into his second season. I think we at least need to see a, a major improvement on explosive plays. I think that's something you can fix pretty much immediately. It was an issue that plagued us in small spurts last season. And then the final two games, the, the dam broke on explosive plays. And it was kind of the, I think that's what I'm going to remember the season for. Sadly, a lot of great wins, Notre Dame, you know, beating them at home. That was a lot of really cool wins. But when you finish a season like that, um, two in a row in the way that you lose them, it's, uh, it's hard not to remember anything else. <laughs> well, exactly. And speaking of Notre Dame, it's kind of a perfect transition. I'm going to talk through um, some transfers, which has kind of been a new thing under the Ryan Day regime, even though the transfer portal has been a thing um, and very open for, for players to utilize the last couple of years. This offseason is really the first time the Buckeyes have, I would say, taken full advantage of some great players that are out there in the transfer market. But Adam, I'm going to kick it back to you here in just a second, because we also had one other offseason addition to this team that I think you and I, uh, most of our close friends, a lot of Buckeye Nation are maybe most excited going into this year. We stole him back from Notre Dame. Uh, the prodigal son, you know, returns to Ohio State, James Laurinaitis. Yeah, James Laurinaitis. Uh, those around Columbus would remember him from 97, the uh, one, the fan with uh, Bo Bishop. They had a great Great sports show. Maybe one of the better ones I've ever listened to was was those two on the mics. Um, just a great football mind. Ohio State former linebacker. Uh, kind of got into coaching in a weird way. At least what he very briefly mentioned on the on the radio show was that he reached out to Ohio State. And I, I think the truth is they wanted him to get some experience somewhere else just to make sure he can do the job. And thank God... Uh, that he's coming over, especially when we're about to go to Notre Dame, uh, to South Bend, and, and play them on the road. Um, I'm just—he just seems like a heck of a guy, family man, Delaware area. Uh, you know, very excited to have him coaching the linebackers. St. Louis uh, Ram, great. Uh, the the Rams of the past. St. Louis uh, drafted Laurinaitis, believe still the all-time leading tackler, I think, for the St. Louis Rams. So, pretty cool guy with great NFL experience. And, you know, from my perspective, these last couple of years, we've kind of seen Brian Hartline kind of rise to the ranks. He's a cool, younger guy on the coaching staff, somebody that the recruits really seem to connect with, especially on, you know, some of these top, top of the line guys that are out of state. Um, being able to go into a guy's house in Texas or California and say, hey, we can make your dream possible here at Ohio State. Uh, James Laurinaitis is the guy. Uh, recruited from uh, by Jim Trussell as a three-star out of Minnesota. That's like one of his claim to fame things, you know, overlooked by a lot of big schools in the country. Uh, Truss finds Laurinaitis, brings him here, and the rest is history. Uh, just an unbelievable career at Ohio State. 
War 33, which I'm partial to, my favorite number, uh, and just so thankful to have him on the coaching staff because, you know, scheme is one thing these last few years, but scheme is only one side of it. Players have to make plays, you know, on the field. And I don't think anybody would argue that since Urban Meyer left and Luke Fickle left even before that, um, just the defensive recruiting in general on average has gone down. They've needed a shot in the arm uh, in order to keep bringing freaks and aliens in here to be able to make crazy plays on defense. And I think Laurinaitis brings that. You know, you've got Knowles, who's really the defensive mind, who is known for his scheme, is able to really install uh, plays and, and come up with unique options. Laurinaitis is also that translator, right? Because Knowles is an older guy. I think he's in his 60s. Um, you know, Laurinaitis is much closer in age to the players, you know, coming through and just being like, hey, you know, when, when Coach Knowles says this, this is what he means, or explaining even from an NFL, you know, player's experience, like what are those little tips and tricks, you know, you can take with you on the field to be as impactful as you can on the defense. So, you know, as much as any player this year, I'm very excited to see, the intensity, the enthusiasm, the inspiration that he brings to the defense, I really do think that it's an X factor and it's a thing of value. And if you look at Ohio State's social media feeds and just how much he's already been kind of amplified, he's on every video. If you see anything on defense, you know, Laurinaitis is right there with him. And I, I think that they know, you know, the type of presence that he has and really the future that he probably has in the coaching industry. If he wants to stay here at Ohio State and keep climbing, I bet that they would love that. You know, again, I hate to keep drawing that comparison to Heartline, but, you know, it's a really awesome thing when you have alumni from your program that were at the top level of their position who had proven success in the NFL and know that they want to come back and pass that along to the next generation. Um, most programs would die for that. And we've got one on both sides of the ball. Right now, Laurinaitis, I think, is still technically a grad assistant is what they're they're labeled or an analyst. He's going to be an assistant coordinator or position coach, you know, sometime down the road. But he's making a huge impact in his position. Anything else on Laurinaitis, Anna? Nope. That's it. Okay. So with Laurinaitis, I wanted to talk about just a couple of the transfers, and then we'll talk about the the biggest storyline coming out of this offseason, um, the, the starting quarterback battle. So real quick. Um, a couple folks, you know, last year it was like, hey, there's a few players on the field, and I don't think anybody would argue about this, especially on the defense, that, hey, maybe they're not fast enough to be a starting player at Ohio State, or maybe they don't have the footwork that we have come to expect from a starting player at Ohio State. I want to give Ryan Day credit because I think he did a pretty good self-evaluation on the team and said, you know, we're really close. We have a ton of guys in this locker room that can make plays. We were literally a kick away from playing in the national championship last year, but windows are small and you only have, you know, a short window, especially in college. It's the smallest window in the world. We turn full teams over, you know, in just two or three years. Um, but you have a lot of veteran experience on this team, a lot of talented players. Who do you need to go find that can maybe put this team over the top, especially when you get deep into November and injuries maybe start nagging the team when you need to get into the depth. And because of that, Ryan Day goes into the transfer portal. Uh, the most recent one, probably one of the more exciting ones, uh, uh, Nigel Glover, uh, safety that transferred to us from Northwestern, one of the best safeties, at least that's what the writers say in the Big Ten. Um, after the circus that happened with Pat Fitzgerald's situation and everything that transpired kind of this summer at Northwestern, a lot of players transferred out. And I believe Glover's from Ohio, so he finds his way back here um, to Ohio State. 
alongside of that, Sonny Styles is a really exciting young defensive player um, that everybody's hoping gets on the field at safety for us this year. His brother, his older brother, Lorenzo Styles Jr., transfers here to Ohio State. He was playing receiver um, back there at Notre Dame. So not only Laurinaitis, but Lorenzo Styles Jr. joins the team this summer. So excited to see what they've got. Um, one of the probably most sought-after transfers coming out of the SEC Taiwan uh, Malone, Taiwan Malone from Ole Miss. He's a defensive lineman, so a little boost on that line. Um, just a couple more here. Josh Simmons coming to us from South Dakota State University internal offensive line, so a little bit more size since we lost a few guys to the three guys to the NFL last year. Um, and then maybe the last notable one is uh, Davison Igbenosan. Um, I definitely didn't get that right, but another Ole Miss player and a four-star recruit coming in to play cornerback. So a little bit of boost in the corner room. Um, he's a real tall guy. If you've seen any videos from camp, uh, a lot of guys think that may, or he looks like a safety, but he has the footwork and the speed to be able to play with receivers. They think he's going to be a starter this year, opposite of Denzel Burke, who's looking to have a huge bounce back year at corner. So just, a, just mostly on the defensive side of the ball, but just a few big names there that I think might be contributors as we get deep into this season. Adam, the last thing we want to talk about today, the most exciting, most, most, uh, thing that Buckeyes fans are probably waiting um, on the edge of their seat to know exactly what this team's going to look like for the fall, the starting quarterback. With C.J. Stroud heading off to the NFL, um, the race has really come, to, it seems like, has come down to two players. Um, there's a young true freshman, Lincoln Kinholtz, I believe from out in South Dakota, who just joined us this summer. He looks like a beast, awesome athlete, three-sport uh, three varsity athlete, South Dakota male player of the year. Um, in high school back there, but his time will come. We'll talk about him more next season. He's going to be doing a great job on scout team this year. But two two fellas, Kyle McCord from right here over in Pennsylvania, um, actually Marvin Harrison Jr.'s high school quarterback, so an interesting connection there. He's been with us. This is his third year here at Ohio State, so he's learned the system. He, he actually got to start a game last year, I believe, against Akron um, in the game that CJ went down for. Um, but, you know, Kyle McCord, I think going into this season, a lot of folks maybe saw him as the incumbent, maybe the guy that uh, this this would be the easy decision for Coach Day to make. He's been here. He's learned the product. But then you find Devin Smith, who comes in deciding to wear number 33 to play starting quarterback. He joins us from Utah. Um, he comes in last year right when Quinn Ewers was coming in. At the same time, did not bat an eye when Quinn Ewers decided to come to Ohio State. Or two years ago, he committed uh, after Quinn Ewers uh, committed here and said, you know, I'm coming to find I'm coming to take that starting position, which is a great attitude to have, you know, as a starting quarterback. Uh, definitely a mobile guy. And no decision has been made as of today, August 20th, 2023. First game just two weeks away. Adam, any thoughts on the quarterback competition? Oh, I just, I, we don't have a lot of on the field tape of either one. I know Kyle started that game last year, um, but it, it, it feels a lot more up in the air than I assumed it would be. And Devin Brown, for the folks that don't know, I mean, in the world where people transfer for hardly any reason at all, a kid like Devin Brown to stick this thing out and, and see this fight all the way through, um, just a lot of a lot of respect for him in a world where people are, are much more often like to pick up their ball and go home, go to another school and, and find an easier place on the field. The fact that they're both fighting it out. Stats-wise, they're both 6'3". They're two pounds apart, which is 
insane. I mean, to be that close in, in stature, but uh, you're getting a lot more of a dual threat quarterback out of Brown. Uh, they've set his arms a little bit stronger versus a pro style out of Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord, I believe, was the Catholic sponsor for one of Ryan Day's kids. He's got that going for him. Uh, hopefully it doesn't affect uh, who is chosen to be quarterback one. <laughs> but uh, I, my edge goes to Devin Brown just because of the tenacity to stick in there and keep up the fight and try and get in there. But uh, I don't think we've got a bad choice, and I love it if the other one will stick around and be a quality backup going into this season. For sure. And – there's a great chance if you're listening to this on Sunday night or even early Monday morning, this news might come out tomorrow. I would definitely, if if we're going to have a starting QB named going into the season, I think it comes this week. If we don't get a press conference and the red carpet rolled out, a la 2015 when Urban... Yeah, truly worst case Ontario is 2015. <laughs> Urban couldn't We'd... decide between Cardale and JT and who was going to be the starter. Um, there, there's a lot that goes with that. And there's a ton of examples of saying, Hey, this two starter thing doesn't really work. Um, the, the, the team needs to rally, you know, around its leader. And one of these young guys is going to be it. Um, we wish them both the best. I, for me, I don't have a huge preference. Obviously a lot of people in these conversations always lean towards the young guy, the more exciting guy. Uh, that's the fun choice. But if Kyle McCord is the one making the right passes at the right time and not giving the ball away, that's it. You know, that at the end of the day, you've got so many weapons on this team's offense. You just need the guy that's not going to turn the ball over and get it into the hands of the playmakers because you have them all over the field. I would hope once a choice is made, if Buckeye Nation could avoid the C.J. Shroud effect, which is one bad game and we're ready to throw him pull off a cliff. Cut yeah, him. Pull him. Yeah, get him out of here. Yeah. So <laughs> hopefully we can... Once Day picks a starter and is confident in him, we can all just relax, let the kid iron some stuff out. Everybody just keep in mind it's their first season as a full-time starter for Ohio State. So there's going to be a little bit of a rough patch probably. Unless, you know, sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's Justin Fields and he shows up and he's completely on fire during his whole career. So uh, very exciting. Always love when there's quarterback controversy because it just feels like it's such an important decision and there's there's just so much on the line for the kids like who's going to get picked but uh, uh hopefully it's one of the hardest jobs a, a coach has the good news for us in buckeye nation is that ryan day his last three decisions have been first round draft picks into the nfl so yep. if nothing else you can take a little solace in that the guy it seems like knows what he's doing obviously no one is guaranteed that i mean that's a crazy thing it really doesn't happen ever um, but, but we'll see, we'll see if one of these guys has the juice to make this whole offense run. And if so, I think this Buckeye team is going to be awfully scary. Um, we'll be back next week to preview the first game when the Buckeyes travel out to Bloomington, Indiana to take on those fighting Hoosiers. Um, we probably, or we definitely are going to bring back Adams gambling corner, give you a couple lines, um, through the weekend in college football. Uh, we may do a season preview and just running through each one of the games and giving predictions on the Buckeye schedule. We'll see about that. Adam, anything else to share with the folks at home? Just happy to be back. I like keeping these a little concise when we can and uh, a lot of hype going into the season as always. A uh, lot to look forward to. Can't wait. Let's go. Yeah, it's going to be an unbelievable year. Um, so much to look forward to. Uh, Wish you guys the best. If anybody's traveling out to Bloomington for the away opener, um, I will be in the shoe against Youngstown State for the home opener in the faculty staff appreciation game for Ohio State. A lot of fun there. Um, it's going to be a great season. Tune in to us once a week. We'll be putting these episodes out. We're all excited about it. But once again, thanks for joining in. 
for another episode, season six of the Silver Boy Saga. They tell me I'm the right guy. They tell me I'm a big man. But the big man's coming to camp. Bloomington, Indiana will sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the head.